Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 426. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, living the dream in Savage, Minnesota, joined by Charlie Carden, doing the thing with a catchphrase from 1967. Oh, come on. Absolutely more like 1973. I mean, you know, let's get real. They, they were not that... Charming, I guess. Though I suppose Eddie Kendricks in his, you know, what it was probably 1971 hit, "Keep on Trucking." So yeah, I think it's definitely probably the 70s. But I know Todd's looking it up because 68 he, he, Zap Comics, Charlie. Oh, I don't believe it. Zap Comics was that like? Was that like Bazooka Joe? Was that? Was it was that Robert Bazooka? Crumb. He came up with the uh, the illustration, and I don't yeah. believe it. I don't. I, I don't. It, you don't believe it? I don't believe you. <laughs> the internet is wrong. Don't tell me about my keep on trucking. I'm the one who trucking. Keeps I'm the, the one. Counting, it was. Uh, it was. Keep that was on a Grateful trucking, Dead, right? Baby. That was, but it was Eddie Kendricks of the uh, hmm. the Temptations that did that exact song. It was in the seventies. Yep. But I digest. Happy Monday. We're recording on a Monday, so something that makes Monday a little bit less painful. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Based on our previous conversation, Charlie would say it was a lot more painful. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, mm, yes. Housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, you know what the very best housekeeping that we can do is when we talk about our fantastic Patreons, the people that have propelled us forward at rocket speed, warp, warp sledding our way into uh, basically podcasting heaven. Uh, we're talking about these fine folks, uh, Jamie Prinky on our best buds level and our superstars, the Nias family, Sean, Stella and Henry, your friend and mine, Missy Merchant, who just joined us uh, for our blowout uh, 100th episode of Code 47, which you'll be hearing here shortly, uh, and Missy's uh, good friend, Annie Milliken. So thank you, all of you, uh, for giving us your support. We appreciate it and gives us an excuse uh, to go and talk about more geek stuff, and we uh, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. And one thing we're going to talk about is our latest segment. Uh, it's We Got This Covered, and we're talking about... February 1st, 1975, the year of my birth. That is when a little comic came out called Adventure into Fear with the it, man called fear. Morbius, the living vampire, Charlie. Oh, my God. The living. Va now, I remember this character now. Morbius, of course. And this was three or four years after he dropped in. I think it was ASM 100 or 102. So it's like very early on. But yes, he was a pseudo vampire. Uh, and I think that was kind of sort of touched upon in that. that but did, Todd, did you have to go see that movie, too? Did we talk about that on the show? Or did of I course take a, I saw it. Did I, did it, was, I it, was, it was almost three quarters of a decent film. And the last half was just ridiculous. Or I quarter. Think, I think that's spectacularly uh, generous. I would say it was one quarter of one half of a watchable movie. But anyway, Michael Morbius, who is now Jared Leto, I guess, was this pasty faced dude uh, that you see swooping down here. And he didn't really fly. He glit. He, he, he glid glided. He was a glider. Um, so he, he had weird, like sort of vampire powers. But anyway, he's flying around here on this cover. Uh, and he's flying in front of a couple of clone tanks and there's some that, that looks like me when i was a kid 
you know, big toe headed child. Some kid is on a, is this guy's a child molester with, you know, lightning shooting out of his eyes. And that, that outfit looks like something out of Jesus Christ superstar. I mean, what is going on here? Is he putting the brains of this kid into these two well, own bodies? Uh, is, what's let's, going on? let's get, let's give a little bit of visual cues here. So it says, this is it. Okay. The end of the uncanny caretakers. And below that is the tagline science versus sorcery in a battle to the death, a stillborn Genesis, the Morbius thriller. You dare not miss yes so uh, who's, uh who's, lightning eyes attacking morbius as he tries to save a child from being put into a glass jar oh i was gonna say who is oh like 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 a butterfly who who's sure. stillborn are the clones stillborn this is just there's just a lot a lot a lot of we don't know we don't know who the man is but i will tell you something about this comic charlie that this comic lasted 31 issues and oh, i don't know what happened to the first end. I don't know what happened in the first 10, but I was reading a little bit. The first, like, ten, issue 10 through 19 starred Man Thing, then 19 to 20, or, or, or sorry, 19 to like 23 was Howard the Duck, and then Morbius got the title uh, from that point to 31, and then it was canceled. I only would imagine, I mean, the series would have survived if they would have maybe had, like, maybe issue 31 was a big blowout or something like that, where the three of them teamed up to do something, but what a random choice. Did it have, I, I mean, did it have some kind of joint creative team? Was it run by committee? I mean, questions that nobody really needs the answers to would shed no light on why this was this thing made this no was sense. kind of common back in the day because you had like marvel yeah. two and one marvel triple action oh, you I mean, had um all Mar- those different like marvel comics presents i, I mean, mean weird Mar- different things Mar- marvel two and one and marvel team up was where it was just, it was the thing and, and spider-man uh, respectively were they were th- those were legit like okay you had a core character and so and somebody else happens along and they do a thing so there was almost it was kind of like uh it was like a sitcom, you know, yeah. it was what, what crazy Spider-Man uh, goes to get his laundry done. And, you know, then Ultron drops by and, uh, you know, Thor is swinging by to get his cape laundered and they fight him. I mean, that was that was it was essentially an opportunity yeah. to get two characters together and give right. one a bump because of Spider-Man or the yeah. thing and to or give whatever. It, yeah. To yeah. give them a very unremarkable story uh, that might launch a very forgettable B-tier villain like the the Obelisk or, you know, Wonder Wheel or, God, I'm struggling. I, on the tip of my tongue, um, Speed Demon or uh, uh, Black Lash, you know, I mean, just like these just... Well, they just really made a lot more sense back in the day because most right. comics were standalone issues, not right. really no long arc. So it made sense yeah. that, hey, and, and you know, you got to fill up that comic book rack right. and get the no, kids yeah. to buy those 25 cent issues. No great masterminds out there. So, um, but anyway, you know, Todd, there's something else very revealing about this cover. If I'm not mistaken, if you look at the tube on the left, I think that is the hyperbolic clone chamber that our very own Madam Webb used to survive 123 years. So she would have been about 75 at this point. Is she being grown into a new body at this point? I don't know. Depends on how much she regenerates. But regardless, we're very lucky that however she keep managed to keep herself alive, she's down there at the corner of Hollywood and Vine with the hottest news scoops of the week. We better go get them right now before she you know, has heat stroke or something. So let's party. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, it's the summer of Madam Webb. All things are going to happen. Madam Webb's got a 12-step plan to go from the unknown to the infamous as she potentially gets to, uh, well, 
she's probably going to go through the, the picket lines, right? Keep on writing that Madam Web movie because oh uh, all the productions have stopped. So she's going to keep it happening. So another reason that Madam Web is uh, not loved. But you know she's what? Gonna br- she's going to break the scams. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, what does she have to care? I don't think anything can kill her. Um, but what do we got up here? So we got some names. Ooh, I like some of these names. Uh, Superman legacy cast contenders reportedly revealed James Gunn responds. So this sounds like a Twitter war, but I wonder what uh, he responded with. It, it was probably like, Shh, you shush. Oh, my goodness. So, um, yeah, James Gunn has responded to reports that oh, I'm getting some fuzz on my damn page here. Uh, I think this is Todd. I think you sent. I think you sent me a dirty link, uh, so you might have to read this if my page crashes. Um, but yeah, cool n- names such as Nicholas Holt, my beloved Rachel Brosnahan, Miss Maisel, and I don't know this last name, so you you go ahead and tell me who who is this last person? David Corin Sweat. Yes, uh, these are people that are rumored to be um, vying to be put in uh, Superman Legacy, the new James Gunn film. James Gunn is writing and directing this movie movie and at this point nothing is really leaked uh there's been uh, rumors that nicholas holt could be in the running to play lex luthor and potentially or Cal- and, and or so oh you see yes. is, is it going to be a clump situation it's going to be both of them well that's the thing I, I think there's just mixed signals coming through on who actually he would be playing so i think that's where you get like the hullabaloo and nobody really knows so i think it's it's really to to get things out do we want another really young goofy lex luthor i mean we've had older lex luthors we've had a couple younger uh I, you know i don't know what the ideal lex luthor is but they should be contemporaries of the same age correct or do you disagree yeah, well, I, you know Who's who's your best Lex Luthor? Who really nailed oh the role? You know, it's 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 a movie that's not very good, but I think he was awesome in it. Was Kevin Spacey? Bad Absolutely plot. agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah, that's the best one. I like Gene Hackman, but he's just, he didn't really play it menacingly. No, um, Michael Rosenbaum, I think played out in a TV version. He was it was a little he bit more. It was very frat boy because it was like very, I got well girl. melodramatic yeah. too. Yeah, lots exactly. of drama and relationships yeah. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean it was it was you know it was very it was CW or WB at the time. Um, was John Cryer the last Lex Luthor? Yeah, and that was that. That in was in Su- Supergirl. Supergirl, and yeah, I don't think it crossed over to. The Superman and Lois, which is what we watch now because it's different nurse or whatever. So, yeah, I agree with you that um, and that it, it was Kevin Spacey before he was, you know, erased from existence uh, because of whatever. But, yeah, he nailed it. He played it with the right amount of menace. Um, he really creeped you out. Um, he was an ex-con and his his crew uh, were his uh, you got an errant cat there. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I looked over and like, you heard that? Yeah, no, I I, uh, I lock. I, I, even though this is their area in the basement, I lock them out when I'm down here because they are mischievous little bastards. But anyway, um, yes, that is my um, yeah, that's my preferred one. And yeah, I don't from the comics. You know, if you think about his origin, wasn't he like wasn't he and Superman were the same age and they were buddies? And then there was some kind of chemical accident. He lost all his hair and he blamed Superman for it and it made him a mad genius. I, I think he has as many origin stories as Joker does. I think yeah, it's just, exactly. yeah, like, Oh, you blew out the building, but those chemicals went on my head. I lost my hair. I think that was one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. There's been many, many different versions right. of it, but you know, thank goodness. Nobody said Jesse Eisenberg's. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing in that film that functioned in the slightest. And but you didn't I love I, the Skittle scene. <laughs> 
I, I, I don't even, you know what? I, that made me really uncomfortable, not because I was worried about him doing something evil. Well, I, 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 Superman. I, I think I remember it, but I think I also have uh, squeezed it out of my brain. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is about you know, with casting, obviously casting rumors going around. This is something that would be going into production, but there's no writers. So yeah. I, I mean, Lois Lane potentially could be Emma Mackey, oh. Rachel Brosnahan, Phoebe oh, Drevener, and Samara Weaving. Yeah, um, yeah. Sure. yeah. But but James Gunn essentially says no one is or isn't auditioning for a role, um, and only one actor had. Well, only says uh, it goes. Uh, the actor's business only and isn't something I'd make public unless they did it first after the fact. Like Glenn Howerton or Zachary Levi auditioned for Star-Lord. Did you know that? I had no idea. No, I mean, because again, it's not like it was, that wasn't a movie that all of us were like, ooh, they're making Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody had any idea what any of that was. You know nope. what I mean? So it's not, it, it's not, yeah, it's not like, oh, so-and-so is going to be Spider-Man because, you know, that's probably coming up sooner or later. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, I had no idea. And, and Chris Pratt was not some huge star. When, when, when he landed that role, he was a TV guy. So, uh, and the same thing with Rachel Brosnahan. I, I adore her. She's, she's delightful as the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And, and she's, you know, not too hard on the eyeballs either, as you know. Um, so Lois Lane's going to be a stand up comic. Yeah. Uh, she's, it's all going to be observational humor. Let me tell you what's the deal with Superman and the, the, the lead balloons or whatever. I don't know. See, I'm a lot of material. Um, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, I can't imagine with this writer strike going on that anything at all. Can they even? What kind of processes can they even go through when they have no writers? I mean, I guess they can they can hire and fire, and if you they can have do everything but write the script, essentially, right. you can't so do rewrites. Have, you can't. They have, yeah, do they have. Do they have some pages like here? Here's the Superman comic. Read, you know, read panels uh, one through three on pages nine through seventeen, each one out of sequence. You know, that's that. Those are their pages. I don't know. Well, and especially if the writers of the the actors strike that SAG after us coming up to. There's potentially uh, plans to for them to strike because things are in contracts now with uh, with uh, actors where they're saying that the studio can take yeah, your that's... performance and reuse it and change it in future performances. Ooh, so everybody becomes Who a would agree to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So can we find different ways not to pay you? So yeah. Oh my God. Well, somebody who is, if I might segue, somebody uh, who is having a career renaissance in his late sixties. Uh, would be Michael Keaton. You know, we've gone from multiplicity to a long break, and then we got him in Jack the, Frost. Yeah, Spider Man, uh, Homecoming, and now he's back as Batman. I mean, I think, you know, Todd, we're, we're finally starting to see in the month of May, we'll have our first three uh, challengers in our summer movie wager that will be debuting. Guardian seems to be doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, once the flash hits, I'm just, I'm super curious to see if he will carry that film amid the crappy performance of DC movies, you know, in the last couple of years and everything with Ezra Miller that again, you know, I maintain that probably the general public doesn't really know anything about it. They go, Oh look, superhero movie, Batman. And the flash is something I'm familiar with because I watched that show. Um, but anyway, off the beaten path, Michael Keaton, uh, they are making uh, a, one of these sequels. You never know you needed uh, to Tim Burton's 1988 horror comedy which had michael keaton and winona Ryder, and they have cast the delightful uh three foot 
three foot eight inch Jenna Ortega. She's this tall. <laughs> She's yes, adorable, and- though. Yes. Yes, as the daughter of Lydia Dietz, um, that's all we know at this point. Uh, and Catherine O'Hara is going to be back. She's going to be playing, obviously, the grandma. Right. Um, and then Willem Dafoe is playing a new law enforcement officer in the afterlife. Monica Bellucci is said to be in talks to be Beetlejuice's wife. And Justin Theroux will also have a part in the upcoming film. So who is the father of Ortega's character? It's not Beetlejuice. No, well, we hope not because, I mean, you know, she was uh, uh, young at the time, but a ghost is a ghost. I don't well, know. I mean, he's also dead, but then again, uh, now, so is Winona Ryder back as well? I didn't catch that part. She is. Yeah, she'll okay. be back. So um, it's it's one of those things where it's like, how are they going to do this? Javi? Jeffrey Jones won't be back because of things. Um, yes, his character is uh, not is is dead. Well, you know, he's he's dead, but not in the afterlife. He He went back to his home planet. Yeah, Jeffrey, <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey. When you know, I feel like that. How long ago did that happen? I feel like that, that I totally missed it when that went. Ten down. years ago or something, probably. Yeah, he, it was. He was caught with like kitty porn or something on his computer. Uh, something bad. Yeah, we don't need it. We, we don't know when we don't want to know. Bad right. things he, happen. He's he gone away. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 easy to say, oh, such and such died. But when you have a movie that's about the afterlife, I don't know. You got to dance around it somehow. Um, yeah. I think this has every chance of being fantastic. I mean, the original film was it was a classic of our youth. Um, like I said, Michael Keaton is on a career high right now, um, flying back, doing stuff. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, Did you know, but, but again, there was a when are we ever going to see gonna, anything with no, no writers? <laughs> so. No, but the, the funny thing, there originally was supposed to be a uh, Beetlejuice sequel back in in the late 90s i believe and it was beetlejuice goes to the beach kevin smith was actually going to write a script for it and he turned it down uh uh, tim burton didn't want to do it (laughs) could you imagine they go to the beach (laughs) you you mentioned kevin smith and i saw something on social media just yesterday he does his you know evening with kevin smith you know where's advertising at a, at a, a a theater in saginaw do you really want to go sure. see something in Saginaw? <laughs> I mean, well, if you're in I, Saginaw, what I else mean, are you going to do? I spend a lot of time in Saginaw because I have some clients there, but uh, uh, the outskirts are just fine. The inskirts, maybe not so much. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, Kevin Smith, I don't know. I, I was a fan for a long time. We've talked about him a lot with clerks and everything. And yep. And we don't have to. He's yes. a good guy. We'll move sure. on. But uh, this movie hey, is hey, that's my line. You can't steal my <laughs> this line. movie will potentially come out on September 6, 2024. Tim Burton is fully involved, so I assume he's already wrote the script because you wouldn't take on a project if you didn't see a script if you're these actors. Um, I don't know if anything will get in the way of contracts and things like that, but uh, it's kind of a weird time. September 6th, that usually big movies don't drop September 6th because that's usually the doldrums until like the fall, late fall or the summer. When did, I, I wonder when, you know, since you're, you're the master of the keyboard right now, when did the original film come out? Like what time of year? Good question, because uh, it was kind of under the radar because it was Tim Burton's like it, it's what he did after Batman Returns. So no, 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 um, no, 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 no. That movie came out in. Oh, no. Right. You're right. You're right. Right. I'm thinking yeah. of the wrong time before, frame. No, you're, you're absolutely Batman. right. You're absolutely uh, right. Uh, it came out March 30th, 1988. Okay. So it was a, a, a horror comedy. And it was, you know, we've talked about the fact that horror movies these days, like straight horror films do really well in first quarter. And then there's, of course, you know, 
third quarter with October and whatever. So um, I don't know. Is is this set to be some kind of a run up because it'll be another horror comedy? That's why they're putting it in, you know, late in third quarter in the year. I don't know. You'd put this. Yeah, you put this like the end of September. It's perfect timing right before spooky times. But this is right after Labor Day. So who is to say perfect time for the NFL to kick off? See, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there, you know what? And the, you know what? There was a football connection in the original Beetlejuice. Don't you remember the, the dead oh, football yes. team in the waiting room? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. I, I'm guessing we're not going to get an Alec Baldwin or um, Gina Davis uh, cameo. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's seen better times than Gina Davis. I don't know that she. No one has seen her. her. No, she would. No, actually, she was in. Was it Glow? On Netflix? Oh, okay. She had a role in, in, in some Netflix serialized show, and I think it was Glow, where she was running things. And But yeah, she, uh, yeah. Anyway. But yeah. And, anyway. And yes. Alec Baldwin has seen better times. But anyway, moving on. Uh, well, how about a fun pache of stories you got this week? Marvel crossover movies that never happened. And, and the picture is a lot of classically bad Marvel. <laughs> Are you saying that they would have put together 2015's Fantastic Four, no. uh, Wesley Snipes' Blade, Lou Ferrigno's Hulk, Nicholas Hammond as the Amazing Spider-Man, and why do they have a picture of the uh, Underworld chick? She's not from Marvel. Was she? From- well, that's that- what we're going to find out, Charlie. We're, we're going to find all this out. So this no, this article is from Den of Geek, and they're, they're, they went back and looked at um, so the, some hints of stories of movies with Marvel that almost happened. This is before the MCU came uh, came about. And in the early days of DVDs, Blade was hot. And Super apparently, hot. Uh, yes, there was talks. And Stephen Norrington was supposedly supposed to be Morbius within Blade, which would essentially create it almost like a uh, Midnight Sun-esque type of uh Opportunity of a, a, a cool like uh, Blade Cinematic Universe. Who's who's the name of the actor again? Stephen Norrington, and it was apparently a stinger that was supposed to be in the film. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know of Stephen Norrington, but uh, but yeah, that 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 totally could have worked. Um, yeah, yeah, and I I haven't rewatched those Blade films, but I remember it was very of the time, slow mo and the flipping around and chopping and blood flying everywhere um but as as you've as we've said time and again we really credit that with launching marvel cinematically if not but for you know and it's funny with the the multiverse everything is everything is in the same everything is canon right because it's it's in the cinematic universe but well fun time Uh, steven norrington actually was the director of blade so he was playing there you go himself as playing Morbius. And I and I wonder why that why that didn't take off. So yes. that would have been cool. And then what you have down here, uh, the only decently executed part of X Men Dark Phoenix was the appearance of the young lady. She was actually in the Orville, which I never talk about, uh, as Dazzler because accurate costume and she was singing. But this talks about a Dazzler movie, and it was even advertised on old Marvel comics. Like there was a, I think there was a there was a comic of Dazzler the movie without it being a real movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's funny because they they said the, it's it's kind of like this dazzler was the precursor to shadows of the empire you know she was going to be a mass media superstar ha- had her own comic her own album 
Okay, not a concert a tour. Concert but, yeah. tour, animated yeah. TV special, penned by Jim right. Shooter. Wow, a TV special, a full-on rock opera movie that would right. include a bunch of big names who were under contract at Casablanca. Cher was going to be an evil witch. Robin Williams yeah. was going to be the love interest. Kiss and the Village People were going to opposite sides of a post-apocalyptic gang war. Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield was going to play was going to play three lawyers who were also Satan. Even Michael McKean and David Lander from Letting Squiggy were going to show up as well. Just for the hell of it, it says, no pun intended. Why oh the God. hell did this not get made? This is the greatest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Oh, why like- it didn't happen, Charlie? Because Bo Derek was set to play Dazzler, but insisted that her husband, John, be the director or else. John Derek was not exactly well regarded in Hollywood, so that convinced oh, no. backers to quietly back off. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love because, this. Yeah, this sounds, this is akin to, and you talked about it in our last episode, the uh, Cheap Trick slash uh, Bee Gees version of Sgt. Pepper. Lonely Hearts Club fan. That's exactly what this sounds like. That oh, it, or awesome. like that that Kiss film, right? Was it Kiss versus the the Amusement Park Phantom or something? Oh, I think you're thinking of Kiss Save Santa, but that was from Family Guy. Well, there was a Kiss movie <laughs> back in the day. It was a crazy movie. Oh, it was really weird. Kiss versus the Phantom. I think. Oh, no, you think? Yeah, you've you talked about it. You probably yeah. no longer exists. I am so. But I not only did I not know about this, but I am I'm kind of heartbroken that this doesn't exist because this sounds magnificent. Sounds absolutely magnificent. So, God, I mean, Todd, if they brought this back today, like who would replace the cast? You probably have, you know, The Weeknd and Taylor Swift would be would be Dazzler. And it it just couldn't be done. Who's the Foo Fighters would be involved, I assume. Yeah. Who's who's even equivalent to Rodney Dangerfield or, you know, Michael McKean or Cher? Oh, I would have been it would have been. What's his name? Uh, um, Oh, the crazy guy, Andy Dick. (laughs) Oh God! Talk about other talk, talk about other people that can't yeah. get arrested, or rather, constantly get can't, arrested. Can't stop getting arrested. Yeah, can't stop getting arrested. Uh, so. Yeah. So then, oh. so the next story is hilarious because this would have made sense. Basically, we had the Incredible Hulk TV show, which was well regarded. And then it kind of went downhill because they made all of these movies. Uh, Bill Bixby directed a bunch of these where he right. eventually teamed up with Marvel characters like Thor yes. and Daredevil. And those, those were ones I actually watched when I was a the kid. The Trial of the Incredible yeah. Hulk, right? Those were uh, all, all late 80s, like 88, 89. So I was, you know, yeah, I was uh, I was 12 or 13 years old and and totally watched those because, yeah, TV movies. So, yeah, the the trial, the, the, the one, and maybe it wasn't the Trial of the Hulk, but it was, uh, you know, uh, Bill, B- you know, David, David Banner had, you know, finally settled into a quiet life. And then something happens and Thor comes along and it, because it's a trial, he needs Daredevil as a lawyer. So Daredevil just wore a black suit with a, a mask that covered his eyes. So you could tell that he was blind. Wasn't that Rex Smith or something like that? Wasn't it his was. Name? And the guy who played Thor later, here's a random, later went on to be the, the gay bouncer guy from American Pie 2 bear do you remember <laughs> oh god yes 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 i remember exactly. he's kind of a, kind of reminds me of uh the dauber guy from uh from coach yes yes exactly um, correct and that that was a fun movie and for a long time i don't think i own the dvd anymore but there was a dvd with those two. Oh my god that cat is on the prowl 
So if if something flies because you have the screen, if something flies in front of your face and then you cut out, then I know I know the cat is taking. You'll revenge. never know. You'll never no, know the, the power of uh, background uh, that no one yeah. can see through. But yeah, yeah the exciting there. part was apparently they were going to have Nicholas Hammond, who played Spider Man on TV in a live yes. action series. It was supposed it was, to be movies, right? Was it a movie or was it a TV series? It was a TV, TV special. It was TV series, but I think it was more special. So I know I know that I caught it because it was somebody somewhere showed it or there were VHS tapes or something like that. So I've definitely seen quite a few of them, but yeah, it was Spider-Man. It's funny because I'm looking at my Spider-Man figure shelf. The closest analogy on my shelf is that he looked like the Japanese version of Spider-Man, the one that has the big robot. Mm-hmm. So yep. actually, no, you can see it right in the background. Cause I, I say, sorry about that. I saved the box. Do you see it? I mm-hmm. saved the box to it. So it's, yeah, he had the wristwatch communicator that he pushed and then he had a giant robot, but that's what, Nicholas Hammond TV Spider-Man looked like his mask was kind of funky and his eyelets were like shiny. Um, but if you think about it, that's, I mean, that Spider-Man costume is a very difficult one to, to kind of reproduce because um, it's just a, it's just, you know, it's under It's a leotard. Okay. You know? Yeah. Very good. Well, that would have been fun if they were able to team up, but apparently it was yes. studios, Columbia and universal could not get along. Uh, but that leads us same. into Charlie. Why, why was blade shown? Well, apparently this is before the MCU. Once again, Blade was supposed to show up potentially uh, in a underworld crossover and Wesley Snipes was going to play him in it, but the rights devolved back to Marvel and that did not take place. And then we got what we got. And then we did get, I remember these, and I, I swear I still have one of the discs because I think they were eventually remastered. But in the MCU, they have these straight-to-DVD animated release releases. They had these Hulk versus they made Hulk and Thor. They made uh, they, they made an Ultimate War, basically an Ultimate Avengers one that was a, kind of a straight retelling of that early 2000s relaunch, which I thought was great. Uh, that whole Ultimates line, really, the, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man one was the star. Some of the other ones were not so great. They were really, really kind of faded. Like the X-Men one was not not terrific, I didn't think. I don't know. Did you know that one? Yeah. It was not very good. Fantastic yeah. Four was only good because it brought apart, uh, brought Marvel zombies into the mix. But yeah, it really yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. It really was. The Ultimates was a cool Avengers book. But yeah, Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man was the star of that series. Right, but yeah, right, they made right. those. those uh, Marvel animation still is... Eh, but those yeah. movies were hit and miss definitely. Uh, yeah. And they were all over the, the for quality and just who was really these these four. They, right. they weren't great. Yeah. Right, but right. They, apparently they were going to do a uh, some some more of those uh, crossovers. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't happen. But uh, Charlie, we were supposed to get a Fox Civil War, which was supposed oh, to be part right. of the X-Men and Fantastic Four when oh. Fox had those rights. Put all the, their characters together and it just didn't didn't come to. To shake out, yeah, it would have been X Men, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, and Deadpool. I think we can be glad we didn't see it. I mean, Days of Future Past was that's my favorite X Men film. They really did it right, and so yeah, I think kind of polluting the the time stream or the film in general with all that extra stuff would have been bad. So um, let's be happy. Yeah, it said yeah, and that would have been also their take on Civil War, the comic which came out in two thousand and seven. So you know, let sleeping dogs lie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then the last one I all hit on is just the fact they were going to make a third Fantastic Four movie with the cast uh, from the movies from Fox, and they were going to have Black Panther in it, played by uh, Jaiman Honshu, which Ooh, and he became uh, 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 in the one of the Kree guys, the uh, mm-hmm. 
the first guy who says Star Lord, you know, he's the guy who catches Star Lord stealing the uh, stealing mm-hmm. the orb in the first Guardians movie. What is the name of the character? I can't remember. And then he also appears as the young Korath. Oh, yeah, Korath in uh, Captain Marvel uh, yep. is also himself. So mm-hmm. um, I think he could have pulled it off. He's definitely got yeah. the look. Yeah, definitely it, it would have not been the cultural phenomenon that we got with Chadwick Boseman. Well, no. But you know what? Yeah, exactly. um, I think some of these what ifs are good thing that they didn't happen like anything related to the josh trank fantastic four which they go on to talk about yikes that's that's when i'm closing the tab i don't want to talk about yes. it anymore oh man well things that that i'm excited to talk about and we're getting this in june uh and i'm going to talk about um one of the sister series to this which just came back yesterday and i watched is the uh dead city the walking dead starring uh maggie and negan uh from the original walking dead show two characters who hate each other uh who would have no reason to do anything together but they're going to team up and go on a mission that i believe as i scroll down here has something to do with their you know their children being kidnapped or whatever you know did you what, what, did you, know, you watch the trailer yeah absolutely i i i, I may oh, have yeah, watched it's, it's maggie's son yeah. maggie's yeah in the trailer they show maggie's oh, son yes, yes, yes. he's tied up and uh they're there to save him in manhattan Right, but again, I know that um, Negan ended up with the child as well. But I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out from watching the trailer, and I watched it a couple of weeks ago when it came out. Exactly oh no, this is a brand new one. Along. This this trailer just came out, Charlie. So it's a brand new trailer. Uh oh. Okay. Shit. Uh uh oh. I'm gonna have to talk my way through this one. All right. Educate me then. What else did I miss? So I it was it's the essentially. Old, I, I, didn't watch, I thought it was the old one. It's a team up. Uh, they yeah. are going to New York, be- to Manhattan, because her son has been uh, essentially kidnapped by this evil yep. dude. There's some some leadership there, of course. That's how it, Walking Dead is. Somebody's controlling something. So apparently, Negan yeah. has some connections and is going to be able to get her in. That's the only reason they're teaming up. So that's kind of the 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 the, the reason for this to happen. Uh, they do meet up with another group and. Um, it could be fun. I mean, with with this, and it could be different enough. I mean, their son, the son, looks like he's probably ten or eleven. Well, yeah, right? I, which which is not super far off from where the show winded up. Because you got to remember, in the last three seasons of uh, The Walking Dead, they did they did a, a time jump here, time they did like a five year jump or or maybe a six year jump. I'm not sure, but Rick was gone, and then they had to jump it forward so that. Uh, Judith, the daughter, was older, and then uh, the you know the child that uh, Michonne had after Rick disappeared was also then five or six years old. So they they had to do it that way. Um, so yeah, so they did plenty of time jumps. So um, Herschel, who is the child of yes. uh, Maggie and the late Glenn, would then be be ten years old. You know, because he Got was it. also okay. born after after Negan, the other character in this, murdered Maggie's husband <laughs> quite quite brutally uh, in season. I'm going to go with five of The Walking Dead. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But it's pretty close to that. Um, yeah, this looks great. But then again, Todd, I know you're like, like with Fear of the Walking Dead, you're like, no, nope, it's just a bunch of other people doing the same other stuff. What, what makes you, like you said, oh, I mean, it could be, what makes you think this could be any different that you'd wa- that you'd like watch one? Yeah, I don't know. Because maybe they're more of compelling characters. They've got a singular mission versus in the other Walking Deads, I felt like it's just like, just survive. Just keep moving on. Find another group. This is like they actually have a mission to solve. And I'm sure it'll be like, oh, you guys helped us so much. We're going to get your – if it turns into just more and more, they find a group and then get that group to live. 
then no, I don't want that because it just feels like that's the premise of every Walking Dead series. I mean, I, you know, again, you know, familiar with characters, that always helps with any lead in any kind of spinoff. But for me, I would say it would be the setting because, I mean, I'm a big fan of New York City. And can you even imagine what a city of 10 million people on the island of Manhattan would be like if, you know, 90% of them dropped dead and then was trying to eat the remaining 10%? It would be, they, the, you know, walkers would be everywhere. I mean, they yeah. wouldn't be able to be like, oh, good, we're run. Let's run into this one. It would be like I Am Legend, which is a movie that I love with absolutely terrible CGI that doesn't hold up. But it would very much be like that, except in that movie, the the vampires or whatever the hell those things were um, couldn't go out in the sunlight. So they would all hide and you could run around in the daylight and never see and you'd be totally safe. Where with this, yeah. you're never safe at all. Um, yeah. Was so the, I think- Was Atlanta the biggest city they went to? Yeah, uh, they they went into they 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 went into Washington D.C. to get some artifacts. Okay, but they, they never spent any time there. Got it. Uh, but okay. yeah, they were and and their their time in Atlanta happened twice. It happened in the first episode. They left, and then one of the characters got kidnapped to a hospital in Atlanta, and they spent some time there. But there were there was no. It, it was in that case, it was just people versus people, no walkers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but this will be. I mean, think about Manhattan. I know you. you have you ever been to New York City? Never. So, but I'm sure you're at least familiar with the fact that it's as crowded as humanly possible. So if you could think that everybody, everybody there was dead and or trying to eat you, it would be, I mean, that, that, yeah, that in itself, I think creates an exciting setting. So I'm excited for this. And we get this, I think June 15th or 19th, I think it is drops on AMC. We had to, uh, we had to sign back up to AMC because my, my free never would expire uh, membership to AMC plus finally expired. But we went in through Prime, and if you bundle uh, AMC and Stars, it's like fourteen a month plus Outlander is coming back. And my wife wants mm. that, so. and because it you know bills to my Amazon credit card, I get paid back for subscribing to it. It's a pretty Man, good deal. Stars, I, I just don't know how one network can only live off like five shows. One show. Well, I, I couldn't even name it. I couldn't even name another show. I they do. I, know. I think they had something else. I, yeah, it's just everything is like collapsing yeah. and merging and it seems like, right. wow. I mean, yeah, that's, I know. it only comes out like an outlander only comes out like once every 18 months, right? Two years, probably. Oh, geez. Yeah. So then it's like, yeah, big time. No, it's tough. And I mean, you know, the, not not to take too much of a tangent, but it's kind of the same thing with uh, with Showtime and Paramount yeah. Plus. They were trying to keep them separate. And now you subscribe to Paramount Plus and turn it on and Showtime's just there. It's like HBO and within HBO Max, it's just going to be a part of the, the yeah. content you get. And, right. and yeah, I could. Yeah, you just you just so, can't sure you, sustain those. Are you saying five years from now, they'll just be one app that it will be right back to cable? <laughs> so look what Disney's doing. They're, they're going to mold in Hulu and Disney Plus. Right, exactly. So, yeah, like it's the way said, it is. It's just going to become one big ball of wax. But anyway, yes, we get this in June. I'm, of course, looking forward to it as, as a fan. But, Todd, it's funny. Our last story is even more potpourri than the, <laughs> the ones that preceded it. So what what do we got going on here? Yeah, I think it's slow movie, slow news because of a lot of the announcements because no scripts are being written. They're kind of having to hold right. back announcements. But this one was kind of fun. So apparently um, back in the 60s when we had the Adam West Batman show, um, there was talks to do even crazier thing with Batman. Um, there were going to be uh, a film written in 1966 and there were two treatments uh, before the product was dropped. One was American Treatment by William Dozer. That is, there's actually a copy of it, Charlie, at the University of Wyoming. Um, the other treatment was a Japanese it, version it, written by 
Is it under a glass case like the like the uh, Declaration of Independence and Nicholas Cage and the Ruby Slippers of Dorothy? Yes, yes, uh, yes in in Kansas. Um, and the Japanese version is written by Shinichi Shizukawa, but no one knows where that one is. Uh, apparently, uh, both people were fans of both Batman and Godzilla. And uh, <laughs> this is the premise: <laughs> Commissioner Gordon and his daughter Barbara are on vacation aboard a sh- cruise ship in the Far East. Commissioner is on the trip so he can scout police facilities in the Orient, and Barbara is coming so she can reunite with her old college friend, Raiko Hamamoto. Everything is going well until a normal tidal wave falls over the ship and capsizes it. The giant wave turns out to be the work of Klaus Finster, a German meteorologist who moved to Japan. In a secret lair hidden under Mount Fuji, Klaus claims that he has control of the entire weather and will destroy Japan unless he is given $20 million in gold. It's it's Cobra. Yes, <laughs> and, and Gordon decides there's only one way to stop Klaus, and that's Japan uh, destroying with stop Klaus from destroying Japan. That's calling Batman and Robin, and he calling Godzilla, uh, Godzilla. It, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, but apparently it, he doesn't control the weather. He actually controls Godzilla. So it's really oh, and it, this gets oh, even oh. crazier. I won't go through the whole thing, but it's 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 quite the movie. And, and you can actually read the original treatment if you want. It's online. I recommend that. But just imagine that, Charlie. Um, what would be the tone? It would be goofy, right? I mean, just. Well, I mean, you're taking one of the campiest TV programs, certainly of its time, but something that continues to be renowned as such, versus Godzilla, which has had more iterations than, than almost anything I can think of. Godzilla's been around for. 60 years maybe longer i mean were they making those back in the back in oh the yeah 50s? yeah i mean how yeah, far early back 60s know? yeah early 60s yeah. uh with raymond burr was in the original and you know and, and i don't take it that this initially initially was supposed to be an actual connection to the tv series it yeah. was essentially because the rights weren't like we own all the rights of batman it was kind of like batman right. was just in this so this could have been like a standalone not connected and just be batman going off and doing his own thing, uh, not I mean, tied to the Adam West series. I just read the last paragraph, and I, you know, I don't even want to spoil it for anybody. That's, that's the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they they could have found a way to work this in. Remember how the X-Files had a movie between two seasons? Could have been like, oh, Batman and Robin's summertime adventure where they te- team up. But, I mean, who really teams up with Godzilla? Because you're either, you know, you, you know yeah, it's, uh, it's a, not like it, Batman it's, and the Harlem Globetrotters or, you know, the, the Scooby-Doo gang. Yeah, the Scooby-Doo gang, <laughs> exactly. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, God, God, Zooks, Batman. Oh, my gosh. No, that would be terrific. So I think that with a writer's strike, they should get guys like us. Um, because there's not an animator strike. I think all five of these stories should be an animated something that is a ghost written by us because uh, we're scabs. Uh, and Man well, Web. She doesn't Bambi care. and Godzilla teamed up and that didn't go very well. Oh, well, I could imagine that ended in the first 10 seconds. Godzilla goes, oof. Oh, Did you not anyway. see Godzilla meets Bambi, Charlie? No, uh, never heard of it. Oh, it's a it's a classical animated short. I'll have to send it to you. It's very, very, very cute. And when we say classic, it was, is this some kind of crazy fever dream or something? I just, no, I've never heard no, of it. No, it, it was used to be on like clip shows and things like that. Oh, so my God. I will share yeah. it with you. Yes. Well, with with that uh, with that monumental achievement, that uh, is a dream we will all share. That is the end of the news. We'll bid uh, adieu to Madam Webb. We will leave her with a hat to protect her from the sun. But it's time to move on. Uh, getting out uh, my phone, opening up that Fuber, that feeble Uber app. It's time to get down to the Geek Easy in Skugtown, Nastyville, talking about stuff that we enjoy. Let's go.
Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are getting our nerd on. And we are geeking out about some several different things this week. So, Charlie, take it away, my friend. It's all the covers, colors of the rainbow. Well, I mentioned that Fear the Walking Dead returned. Uh, this was the original Walking Dead spinoff uh, back in, I'm going to say, 2015, uh, when the original show had been on for three or four, I, I think, four years. Um, and what's interesting about the show is, not unlike the, the original show, it reinvented itself. But this one has gone, has crossed the country. It's It completely shed its original cast. Uh, it picked up some members of uh, it picked up a member or two of the original cast, which would be uh, Lenny James as Morgan Jones, who's now the lead character. Um, it, it killed off and then returned its only surviving original cast member, which was Kim Dickens as. Um, oh, God, I'm going to draw. Uh, I'm going to draw a blank on her name. Um, the mom. Um and brought her back. They put the two of them in an adversarial role. And it's interesting. This one takes a time jump as well, because um, at the end of the previous season, Kim Dickens character, I'm, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on her name, had kidnapped Lenny, who was searching for his adoptive daughter, um, who had been taking, taken uh, offshore uh, onto what looked like a, it looked like a U.S. Navy destroyer, but it was to a locale called Padre, not like South Padre Island, even though they're in Texas. That'd be cool, though. Do you think they're really partying? On South Padre, do you have it muted? Because cats make a lot of noise. Tell the truth. <laughs> I couldn't lie. <laughs> I won't lie. I won't lie about my cat. Oh my gosh, that's okay. Like I said, if I let my little buggers down here, it'd, it'd be the same kind of pandemonium. So I understand. But yes, uh, so um, Kim Dickens managed to. You know, th- there's there's a showdown scene, and then we have a seven year time jump. So the child that he was pursuing is now seven years old, uh, completely unaware of her own backstory, um, integrating into the society that she's a part of. Um, when she, uh, Kim Dickens, has been imprisoned all these years for basically helping Morgan escape, she frees Kim Dickens. Kim Dickens grabs her, takes her back to the mainland, where seven years later, Morgan is still hanging around the shore looking for her. And then, you know, and it, tur- and it turns into the story from there. This is the final episode of the series. Um, but I dropped out on this show for a long time, but April really clicked with it. And then she talked me into watching it again. We got back into it, uh, in the middle of the, the previous season, we kind of caught it in progress and then we're all the way caught up. Um, I'm impressed by the versatile, basically the testicular fortitude of this show. No original cast, no original, no original plot line, no original through line. Just kept reinventing itself as they as they basically traveled through the American Southwest and Plain states. It was in Oklahoma, it was in Texas, it was in Alabama, you know, and and just uh, they had a nuclear device set off from a, a washed up Navy submarine that was on the Galveston coast in Texas, uh, and they were dealing with a nuclear wasteland. I mean, they did a lot of really interesting stuff. I'll give it that much to, to kind of speak to to you know to Todd your and I will admittedly correct assertion that, well, why do you want to watch three different shows that are about the same people doing the same thing? You know, if it was even in the same, oh, they might run into each other. Um, but yes, I think they did enough different and weird shit on this show that I, I think it's worth watching. So I enjoy it. So have you, have you seen any, did you even, cause I remember when this came out, you're like, nope, not going to watch it. Not interested. So you've never seen, I mean, it wouldn't even really matter if you had seen any of it. Cause like I said, there's one character. Everything left. you said to me, Charlie made it sounds like this is just some, it's like, we got a new showrunner. We're doing something else. We got another showrunner. Oh, we can't get more cast. It just sounds like yeah, right. spaghetti at the wall. And it's like, 
that doesn't sound cohesive whatsoever. Like like Picard season two? Yeah, kind of. And there's only like 18 executive producers on the show. And I'm just looking at the IMDb. <laughs> and then there's there's six producers. Can you, um, can you even imagine what that uh, what like a like a creative retreat for that show would look like? You'd have to run on yeah. like a bunkhouse with bunk beds. You know, yeah. No, I totally agree. But again, I still find it eight seasons. Wow. I know that is, that is in surprise enough. So, well, the original show did 11. Um, and now they're, you know, the walking dead universe has, has broken off into these little mini series and stuff they're doing, which is just like we always talk about with comics. Wouldn't you rather have five issues of something that made sense than eight issues of something that got canceled. So like they started a story and maybe, you, you know, the one of the one in recent memory that makes me the most nuts that like that was, uh, uh a Spider-Verse spinoff called Web Warriors. I really liked it. There was a central team going from the central hub, going on adventures. I'm like, oh, this, and it was like, you know, Gwen Stacy and and uh, like uh, Indian Spider-Man and Spider-Man Noir. Like it was a great squad, but nobody nobody liked it except for me. Wow. So yeah, if it would have just been a miniseries, I could have enjoyed a miniseries. But anyway, I think it's I think it's kind of neat. And again, that's on AMC. And as I had mentioned, uh, if you get AMC Plus through uh, Prime, uh, you can make some money back. It's great. So it, they they pay you to watch the show. They pay you you know five percent. It's it's incredible. <laughs> Couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> I guess it, they could, it maybe if they bumped it up to seven percent. And then secondly, and this was I got uh, I kind of got hoodwinked by a, a you know, and I try to stay the hell off Facebook these days because I have um you know I have reservations about Facebook after what they did to me. Um, but I got I got an ad um from one of Weird Al's Facebook handles saying, "Hey, I'm me and it was a Quest Love from the Roots are animated in this show." Uh, called Mulligan, and this is from Robert Carlock. So this is Tina Fey's husband, and she's also a starring character. Uh, Sam Richardson is also a voice in it. And the voice of Mulligan, who's the main character, is Nate Faxon. Is that name oh, yeah. Familiar? Yeah. Yep. It's, it, it's that guy. And basically it's, uh, you know, and it jumps in midstream. It's, you know, aliens from, you know, that, that are one step closer to looking like Kang and Kodos from The Simpsons, invade the Earth, and they're destroying everything. And the guy that throws that you know throws a grenade into a in, in, into one of the ships and blows it up and, and saves Washington D.C. is this you know mook from Boston called whose last name is Mulligan. I've already forgotten his first his first name because the the show is kind of forgettable. You know, it's it's the same comedy pacing as you know other things you would see Carlock and Tina Fey in. Um, and I couldn't believe that April wanted to watch it, but we watched an episode or two and we were just like, eh. Okay, it was. I'll call it a mulligan. You know, it just it just didn't really click because it just got right into regular sitcom tropes. It's like, okay, Mulligan is trying to win over the girl who he met during the apocalypse, who's also Miss America, and they go on a first date, and it just didn't grab me. It's a sitcom, so it's, sit it's like the premise, yeah. and then it's like wacky yeah. misadventures. But you know, with an animated show, they put so much more effort into it because it's animated and it takes a, that much longer to produce, in my opinion, as opposed to like Thirty Rock, where they have some sets and slap it together, and it's like you know Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, this is you know, and I enjoy I enjoy kind of wacky comedy. Like I really love uh, Bill Burr's you know F is for Family, which is probably due to come back again. Um, but that's super raunchy because what you'd expect, it's Bill Burr. But this was like, this was kind of like that, but like a light version, you know, of, of far as, sure. as far as racy comedy. So, eh, I don't know. So 
uh, it's over on Netflix. Give it a stab if you're so inclined. I didn't get to the Weird Al part, so I might keep watching for a little bit. Unless, you know what? Those bastards probably made that the last episode. They're going to make me watch the whole damn thing. I have to Google it. Don't let Weird Al know, Charlie. didn't watch it. Sorry, Weird Al. I apologize. All right. What about you? Okay. Well, um, I watched a movie I was morbidly curious about because I've seen (laughs) a trailer back in the day for this. And then I've seen images of it like on streaming service. I'm like, what the hell is this movie? Okay, I'm just going to watch it because I'm on the treadmill. Got time to burn. And that movie is 2016's God of Gods of Egypt. This movie has a pretty good cast i mean uh, wow yeah you went out there on the on discord and where you were trying to bait people and say what is it what is it yeah because i put basically the cast but i didn't include anything about the movie i didn't include the name the title or anything and uh, i described this to my wife as basically said this is like the most like early to mid to 2000s fantasy type movie kind of like after 300 came out then everybody tried to make a movie like this where it was special effects fantasy like clash of the titans those type of movies where well, of which none they of actually, them are very good they actually made they made i can't believe they they made remake clash of the titans and then a sequel sequel exactly crazy was, I, yeah i didn't see the sequel the first it was one like was the like, eh. it was like the scorpion king and all these different movies where they were like trying to oh do high adventure and monsters and fantasy and none of these are very good um that's why i would say when you can do fantasy well it's an achievement because most of them are bad well it's this so, movie it's, it's, it's so good to do it bad or easy to do this it bad. movie is all about egyptian gods and and you know it's got i mean if you think about these the the, the, the people that are in this you've got like the the guy from 300 gerard butler you've Jerry got butler. yeah you've got black panther is in this movie Oh my goodness! Jeffrey Rush is in this movie. He's in. He's in everything. <laughs> You've got Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. You've got Nightwing from Titans. I mean, come on! <laughs> Isn't his name Bill Thulasis or something? What's that kid's name? Uh, it's it's um it's um Brandon Thwaites. Thwaites. There you yes. go. Weird, Rufus weird Sewell's in it. Kind of looks like uh, uh, several different other actors you know. Um, <laughs> He looks like other people. <laughs> and it's funny because this is directed by Alex Prius, who did a lot of cool stuff in like like music videos and Dark City and and The Crow. Very stylistic things back in the day. And yeah. it just his career kind of went nowhere. He became a kind of a hack. Um, so this movie is all he about became a hack. Isn't someone just a hack? How do you be- I think you run up it. Yeah. Well, he, maybe he was like a one-trick pony, a two-trick like, pony, and that like trick sell out. You sell out, out, and that sellout is is the hacking. Yeah, looking for paychecks. This was definitely a yeah. paycheck movie for most of these people, um, and it really was a story about Egyptian gods and um, the, the 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 brother of the king wanted to become. Uh, the king of Egypt, but uh, uh, his son was going to be the king of Egypt. So he ended up uh, trying to kill his son and he had to escape. And it it was, it I, was I a lot of ideas, Charlie. I, I a lot of ideas. You hung in there. So did you get Chris to watch it with you? or you? Just oh, I watched it in like three different settings. And I'm like, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll come back. Because this movie 
felt like it was four hours long, but it was right. only two. <laughs> oh my god, that's like uh, like the like the Justice League, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was it was not great. It did have some cool visual things. Some of the concepts were weird because it felt like a like a Power Rangers movie at point because the gods would like transform into like shiny yeah. armor and things. Not it that was, kind of yeah, it was very, very iffy. So if you want like a guilty pleasure, something goofy and you like it, like great, like you like the Egyptian gods, you might get a kick out of it. But man, this movie was not very good. Oh my God. And that's what you said. That's over on Tubi. Tubi. Yeah, it's free. You can, Tubi, you can rent Tubi, it. But I mean, Tubi, why do it? I mean, Tubi is a, a real backstab because you know, we watched uh, Buck Rogers. We did you and myself and Jonathan Seneker to talk about it over on Patreon on the uh, the Facts of Geek Life. And we were getting ready to do season two and it's gone. It's gone. And Charlie, it doesn't, you can't find it anywhere else. Well, they don't pay a lot for the rights to these things. So I assume they shop the rights around a lot. And it's like, what can you give oh. us? What can you give us? You know? Yeah. So they decided to shop the rights. They just shopped it right away. I think so. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's kind of oh, crazy. That's hurtful. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're morbidly curious, see it's dumb fun. That's the best way of it. It wasn't even that morbidly fun. Curious. Oh so it was god. just kind of dumb. Oh well. Oh um god. but then uh the thing that I, I just started watching today, I actually watched three episodes of it, and it's called Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Now the title is gonna be like, What the hell is this? Well, oh god, yeah, it, it happens to be it happens to be the latest series by Gendy Tarkovsky, who oh. to me is one of the animation geniuses of our lifetime. I mean, he started off so strong with so many cool animated projects. Um, I mean, Samurai Jack, I mean, was a big deal to me and my wife because we both fell in love with that series in the early 2000s. Um, he then made uh, the the Hotel Transylvania movies, and those were paycheck movies for him. They really were. Uh, he made a ton of money off of those, and they allowed him to do other projects. And then he he was, you know, the Clone Wars would not exist, that animated series, without him. Because he basically pitched the idea to, to Lucas and he did those Clone Wars shorts and that kicked it off. And that then led them to say, OK, well, we'll just duplicate that and make a series for eight seasons or whatever. So um, and then he also made a series called Primal. He's in a few other series as well. But um, this is a new series where it's essentially about these spirits that are warriors that uh, are constantly fighting evil and so they only live so long and then they basically their spirits then go to new incarnations of themselves so it's essentially like highlander or something where they're going in so you've got a uh a, a elf knight you've got a um transcendentalist like transgalactic a, a, monk a, a transcendentist did you say transit transcendentalist uh monk and then you've got like a i would call it like a sorceress and these three characters through time inhabit new people to basically fend off evil and you've got this robot actually who he's he's like a steampunk robot who basically brings them back finds the host and then brings them back this one takes place in Victorian London. It's steampunk and the art style is very different. Uh, I'm not sure I like it, but it looks like Betty Boop and Popeye. So it's a very much a throwback art style, which is very what? weird. Oh yeah. God. So it's, it's a little goofy at times, um, but the animation's pretty cool and the story is interesting. And, uh, you know, this is dealing about the next version of these characters. And one of the characters is not fully recombined. So it's almost like a battle between 
the spirit that's going in her and her own life and she's not completely melded. So oh it's really a, it's a battle. And she also happens to be like eternal in love with the elf. This is this character named Melinda. So it's kind of a conflict too in the team because she doesn't want to love this guy because she doesn't know him and he loves her because, you know, that's he's loved her forever and they get reincarnated. So this, this, sound, this sounds like some unicorn like soap opera kind of stuff. I mean, holy cow. It, it kind of is. It's an un- I it's love, uncartu- I, love it's, your, I love your twin brother. It kind of is a little there's a little drama. It's on Adult Swim. Um, so it's a little more adult, uh, yeah. although it doesn't really feel that adult, to be honest. But it, they could do things if they wanted to. But it's yeah. also on HBO Max. So that's where I caught it. And I watched the first three episodes. It's 22 minutes per episode. So um, I was entertained I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going because they're building a story the villain shows up as kind of doing things from the background so you know there's a plot happening um but it's an, enjoyable I, I enjoyed it and you can really watch it with any kid at any age it's not like it's got wow. t- dropping f-bombs or there's nudity or gore or anything like that so it's a lot like samurai jack in a lot it of sh- ways it should be all of those things my god well that's well, yes so you said that this is on hbo max for the for the folks out there so absolutely How interesting yeah yeah no i love i when i think of guinea i just i think of Clone, the Clone Wars shorts, and uh, of course, I think of Dexter's Laboratory. That that's all that I think of him. Uh, oh yeah, doing. But yeah, yeah. That's uh, Dexter's. La- I know that was your favorite because that was you and your sister, right? It definitely <laughs> was Dexter and Dee Dee. Yes. Oh yes. my goodness. Well, cool. Well, hey, that uh, friends is it for the Geek Easy. Uh, time to once again skip out on the tab. I don't even know how they let us back in here. I mean, you think our pictures would be on the wall uh, with his as often we screwed them over, but we'll keep doing it. But time to get out that Air Qantas app. We are due in the land down under. Time to get on that Air Qantas plane. Tina and the mutants await. So let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. This week we're playing a game. That's right, folks. It's been six months since we played 20 Questions, and it's back. And we brought in the villains this time. You are are counting the days. Don't lie, Faithful. Yes. yes. So 20 Questions, pretty easy. It's 20 yes-no questions. And after that 20th question, you have to guess. And if you are wrong, you lose. If you are right, you win. Of course, you could always answer before number 20, but we're rarely that lucky. Win, lose, or draw. All right, let me let me give one last glance. I'm going to choose my villain. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Fully prepared. I, I did. I told. I told. I told Todd on the B-roll that I was going to pick a villainous character off of my action figure shelf, which is what is on the other side of my camera, and uh, that's what I'm going to do. So here, let me tilt this back. I'm always just, you know, I'm giving you a new view of uh, my background here today. So that was, so hopefully you're watching on YouTube. So, okay. Uh, I will let you ask me. So I've got my finger on the button to tick off your questions. Go, go for it. All right. Is this character a minor villain? No. Major So villain. Big, big villain, like a big boss. Okay. Uh, is this villain a human-like person, character type of creature. Yes. So human-like. Okay. Um, does this villain have superpowers or yes. some type of augmentation? Okay. So yes. superpowers, human-like character. Um, did this villain appear in some type of media? That, that's prior to 19 prior to 1980 
Correct. So prior to 1980. Okay. So we're talking someone in the 70s or earlier. Okay. Um, is this character in Marvel Comics? Correct. Okay. Marvel Comics villain. 70s or earlier. Okay. Um, would this villain... Would this villain take on the Avengers? No. Okay. Not, uh, not, not, not commonly, so that's... Enough. Sure. I'm looking for like, you know, just... Yeah, yeah. Would this villain take on the Fantastic Four? No. Okay. So I'm going to guess... I'm assuming this is then a Spider-Man villain. Is that the question? Is this a Spider-Man villain? Yes. Okay, it's Spider-Man villain. Okay, so unless you're like Pete Pos- Paste Pot Pete, Paste Pot Pete, or the um, the loot, the no, not the looter. There was he had a different name at one point. The Trapster. Yeah. He was the, the Trapster. Yes, yes, yes. Glue Later gun on, guy. Yeah, yeah glue, gun glue gun Gus. That was his well. Brother. That was, and he was a part of the Frightful Four, which would take on the mm-hmm. uh, the Fantastic Four. Okay, uh, is this villain? Um, hmm, because Spider Man, so I, it's probably part of his rogues gallery, unless you're going deep and it's not somebody who normally shows up. Um, is this villain based on a animal? Yes. Okay. Okay. Based on an animal. Okay. Uh, does this is this villain a scientist? Yes, villain's a scientist. Okay. Does this villain have many arms? No. Ooh. Does this villain ride on a glider? No. No. Who rides on a glider? Oh, you think Green Goblin? <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> I was thinking about. Are we going vulture? back there? <laughs> the vulture wasn't a scientist, so I was thinking no. the vulture. I thought of the wings. No, so okay, Doctor. How many other villain scientists are there? I mean, there's a lot. That's that's the villain trope. It was always oh, a science experiment. I know. The thing blew up in my face, and now I'm evil. Okay, uh, so. <sighs> Did this villain use like weapons, like like no, devices no, no. and things? No weapons. Oh, okay. Did this villain get transformed? Yes. Which made, uh, that, which made that first question about human-like very difficult. Okay. Does this villain have green scales? This villain has green scales. Uh, is this villain the Lizard? No, it's the lizard. Oh, very good. <laughs> That's the French version. Yeah, lizard. Yes, that was good. And Monsieur I, um, lizard. Yes. You know, and again, I, I did pick it off of my Spider-Man villain shelf, where there are some deep cuts, but I thought that that would not be fair to hit you with something that you couldn't get. I think that that's not fair. Okay. Because, okay. Because well, that's I why think, I was trying to think of where I, I was going. I think okay. it's more. I think it's more important to um, not just be a be a dick and be like oh you didn't know that it's actually like what's a weird one that i've got over there oh um uh the the red goblin which is carnage and the green goblin see what i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't do that that wouldn't be that's that would pretty be minor fine. i'd have that to be in be, the know yeah, yeah and it's and it's a character from the last five years that you'd have to. Be I, really I think you could get either of mine charlie the two i had in my mind i okay. think i i the one i worry is like it's way too, too way too easy the other one would be like might be 
like I said, might might be a little too out of your wheelhouse, yeah. but right. I think you definitely know who that person is. But all right. well, um, keep, yeah, I, I ask that you. What, keep what, what would you prefer? I'll, I'll I'll do it. Would you prefer A or B? Well, I, I certainly don't want to be the one who loses, but I also don't want to stack the deck. So I'm you're going to have to make the decision. Well, easy mode or hard mode? Maybe is that a better one? Do you want easy mode well, or hard mode? Asking for hard mode is asking for trouble. So I guess when you put it that you kind of back me into a corner, I'll have to go with easy mode. But I was simply going to say it, I would appreciate it if you would keep track with the numbering the same way that I did in the little message box here on Zencaster. I guess I can. Okay. Okay. We'll start. Okay. You get in the easy mode, Charlie. Begin. Uh, Okay, so this character, uh, would this be a character that primarily appears in the comic books? No. Oh, this be a character that potentially appears in the cartoons? No. Oh, okay. Would this be a character that appears in a live-action cinema- cinematic experience? Yes. Oh, okay, so from a cinema. Uh, would the genre in which this villain appears be known as the superhero genre? No. Oh, very good. Would the genre potentially be the science fiction fantasy genre? No. Oh my goodness. So, okay. Well, let's 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 break it down like this. Um, the films in which this villain appears would the genesis of that film series or series be prior to 1980 no okay would it be prior to the year 2000 yes okay so somewhere between 1980 and 1999 um would the genre be a simple simple action adventure genre kind of how about a comedy genre? Yes. Okay. Um, would the star of this film in which this villain appears potentially be someone who plays multiple characters? Yes. Okay. Did the film come out in the late 1990s? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does the villain bear a certain likeness to one Lorne Michaels? No. Oh, okay. Um, did the villain in question go to evil medical school? Yes. <laughs> he based that character off Lauren Michaels, you know. We're talking about. But doesn't Evil. look like him, though. <laughs> no. Well, okay. Yes, we are talking about Doctor Evil from the Austin Powers film. Nineteen ninety-seven mm-hmm. was the year, by the way. That first. See, too, or, too easy. I should have went with. I, I, I went. I went and saw that at an AM. It was either an AMC or a United in Sterling Heights with our mutual friend uh, Chris Santiago. That summer, because oh. I was I was staying with my dad, or I was in town, and we we pissed ourselves laughing. It was the funniest thing we'd ever seen. I forgot you um, knew Chris. He was an early know. he was an we, early friend from Michigan we, State. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. We hung out because he was he was a Macomb County guy, and I was you know when I lived there in summer. I'm just trying to remember out. how you met him because well, there was it a been, weird. It would have been through you because yeah, you were you guys were at uh, Hubbard together, and then yeah, he must you must have introduced us because he was into you know the life, the kind of stuff that we. Well, he he was he was out. Of, he he didn't come back to Michigan State after his freshman year, so. 
Yeah, then how would I? I don't know. You're going to have to ask that's like, I, We'll have to talk about that later, but um, yeah. nobody else cares. But yes, I hope Chris no is doing well. I, I'm more friends on Facebook. So, Chris, hope you're doing well, yeah, man. I, saw, I know he yeah, got married I, and he's doing well. And yeah. He just, I, yeah, we're friends too. He just took like an Antarctic cruise or something. I saw a bunch of yeah. pictures on his Facebook page. Isn't yep. that crazy? But anyway, yep. very, very inside baseball. Fun game. We both, uh, we both did well. Uh, we, you know, we've had this game where we stalemated. I, I think we both lost an equal number of times. One of us wins, one of us loses. Uh, so this was good. I didn't, I didn't conscientiously take it easy on you. Um, but again, I think when I play this game in the future, now that I'm in my studio, I'll probably end up picking an action figure. So the good news is you don't know what I got because I got so much. You'll never, you, it's not going to be an easy game. I used to have a Dr. Evil action figure. I think you gave it to me. I think, yeah, I think I gave it to you because I was downsizing or something like yes, that. Exactly. Yeah. Mr. Bigglesworth. Anyway. Oh, well. yeah. Did he come with Mr. Bigglesworth? I don't remember. He did. The he did. Oh, you must have kept that because he didn't come with before, he, before he got lost. Oh, he ran off. Look what Accessories you did. Accessories and action figures, they're always a bad combination. You know what I do with mine? If you look off the side, I have a huge tub. I keep all the accessories in plastic bags so that when I sell something, I will look at it. And then April and I did this twice recently. We went through because I sold my old Guardians of the Galaxy figures when I replaced them. April helped me sort and find little bits. Anyway, very interesting stuff. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, This has been a blast. Todd, where do people find you online? Oh, you can find me at Twitter, where recently I'm talking a lot about, you know, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. It's a big game. We're actually going to be podcasting with Mark and mostly Martinez after this episode. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been just been fun talking about video games in the world of Twitter because the Vikings are playing right now. So that's kind of my world that I live in. That's my world. I'm also on Twitter uh, over at, at the C3, uh, also on Instagram uh, at uh, C3 Carpenter. My recent thing is uh, that I've been talking about this great photo shoot that we had over the weekend in South Haven, Michigan. Uh, for it was, a, it was Strange New World Star Trek format. We had a group of about eight of us, and we had a new photographer who's a guy named uh, Chris uh, Walker, who is part of our chapter, who we, we met at one of the cons we did. Awesome guy, freelance photographer. This guy took the pictures on Saturday and he had a couple of early prints for us today where he had done some coloring and some special effects. And it was it was absolutely spectacular. So you can see all of that on Charlie's Instagram. You certainly can. <laughs> I did. He, he took a picture of me that I'm like, that's me. I mean, it's it's amazing things that people can do with Photoshop and shading. But yes, you can see that out there. Um, speaking of things related to Star Trek, my lovely wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is one of the biggest chapters of the International Star Trek Fan Club in the world uh based here in west michigan you can find us on a website uh of that name and across socials as well if you're a trekker listening to my voice especially if you live in michigan or eastern canada i run the region as well so i'm happy to pair you up with trekkers in your local neighborhood but that's all i got friends as always i'm gonna tell you uh to thank you i'm gonna gonna tell you to thank you but thank you for telling thank you for joining us that sharing is caring and keep on trucking be the hero not the villain. And a truck. $50 million. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.